The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So has it been a good year for new music? We've asked John Cadell and D Ready to offer us their selections of the best of the new music of the year and we've thrown a few more into them to discuss as well. Was it a good year, John? It wasn't vintage, Matt. No, I didn't think so. I won't lie, it wasn't vintage. There was a lot of sort of middling albums by middling artists, but we didn't get the big sort of blockbuster albums from the, any any really of, of the big artists. I mean, we had Ed Sheeran, I'm, I'm talking about him purely as a, as a, as a big artist. Um, he had a very low-key album release. Also, Taylor Swift um, is going great guns with re-recordings of her older stuff. But if you're talking about you know, where were the blockbuster albums of 2023? There really wasn't. There wasn't a Harry's House. You know, there wasn't... No, it was grand. But I, I, I'll be honest now, I struggled to come up with five great albums from this year. God, we're not selling the next half hour well are here, are we? Well, no, no, what I mean is, I mean, I managed to, uh, but it, it wasn't as much of a trick as it was in other years to try and okay. whittle them down. What was it like for you, Dee? I actually had a very different experience. I started off with a list of 11 and really struggled to get it down to the five that you guys had asked for. Um, so for me, there's like plenty of, of albums, ones that we're talking about here tonight and then ones that unfortunately just didn't make the list because we only have that half hour um, that I will be walking into 2024 and beyond playing time and time again. And for me, that's that's all I need out of a year of music, you know? Okay, you both have one album in common and I'm going to ask you, John, to introduce Janelle Monet. Why did you pick that? Um, it's... The Age a, of Pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's a great listen. Um, I love the production on it. Uh, the song Smithery if I can say that word, is second to none. Um, I, I love the sort of the disco elements to it. And uh, I even, you know, you might think about it, I like a bit of Afrobeat myself, and this has that too. Also, she sort of reminds me of Prince a lot in that she can sort of turn her hand to anything. And I think it was her first album in five years and it was absolutely worth the wait. Uh, my own favourites on it are, I think, The Rush and Phenomenal. Uh, but I think we're going to take a track called, I know it's Dee's pick, I think the track that we're going to take, only have eyes forty two. I like to love with my eyes closed. I try not to leave with my ego. Everything happened in slow mo, but we all smile and said it's alright. you're the one, you're the one. Double the fun, triple the time for love You're the one, you're the one You suck the words from my tongue That's when I knew I only, I only, I only have eyes for two I only, I only, I only Why did you pick a D? Well, um, I, I do want to point out that I'm absolutely delighted, Matt, to see John Cadell choosing one of my picks of the week as one of his albums of the year. So that's great to see. Um, I have been rocking out to this since I picked it when it first came out. I think it's just a fantastic album. And I, like for me, Janelle Monet is someone who I always knew I was meant to like and that she was super talented. But I always found her to be somewhat esoteric and maybe not the most accessible. And this is definitely the most accessible 
album she's ever done. And it's certainly the one where she sounds like she's just having so much fun with the music. Okay, uh, you've gone also, D for Green Chatan's uh, Chaos for the Fly, of course, the frontman from Fontaine's DC. Yeah, I mean, this was a fantastic album. And I think, you know, a lot of people, when they heard this one was coming down the tracks, did wonder what it would mean for Fontaine's DC. You know, it, it is always slightly troubling when a band that's doing really well and that you really like, one of them decides to go off and do their own thing. He actually covered that off really nicely in uh, conversations that he had about the album where he just said, nah, you know, look, all of the band are really creative and they're really good songwriters in their own right. And I I didn't want to kind of impose this music on them, but this is just something I wanted to do in my own time and I'll still be back with Fontaine's. And I think that's a great way to approach it. Um, I was really surprised by this. Like it really put me in mind of of Elliot Smith and Leonard Cohen uh, from the very first listen. And I just think it was, for me, a standout album of the year, obviously. I know the track that uh, we have for you this evening, Matt, is called Fairlies. Okay, that is uh, Green Shatan. So, your next pick is Depeche Mode. Yes. Um, nobody thought that they would come back following the death of Andy Fletcher. Now, Andy Fletcher, or as he was colloquially known as Fletch, uh, passed away in 2021. And while he wouldn't have been musically integral to Depeche Mode, he certainly was um, the sort of the referee between Martin Gore and Dave Gahan. So when he passed away, they sort of figured, will we be able to work together again? And do we want to? Uh, as it turns out, they had a lot of long conversations and became closer than ever during the recording of this album, which to me was a surprise of an album. I didn't see them doing anything for a couple of years, but they obviously, you know, uh, bonded in grief and just got on with it. And Memento Mori actually means the uh, inevitability of death. So that's a real party pleaser. But uh, they came back and, you know, it's sort of like a quintessential Depeche Mode album in that it's it's it sounds very Depeche Mode in that it's electro pop and electro rock. Um, it's not a songs of faith and devotion job where they sort of go off on an, on a tangent and try to bring rock into it. It's it sounds very like Depeche Mode, comfortingly so. Let's hear ghosts again.
One listener says, saw them in Malahide last year, still brilliant live. Mm. Dee, you've gone for Jape and Endless Thread. Yes, this one, very pleasant surprise for myself. Um, only a couple of weeks ago, actually, Matt. Um, it's his first release in a very, very long time. And I have to say, it's it's probably one of his best. Um, I Like, the, the whole album follows a really nice, theme of like exploring sort of different uh, themes around of time and time passing but there's really really catchy earworms on there like lashing through the minutes the song that uh, we're going to be playing as uh, the selection for this evening it's one that I have been listening to nearly non-stop since um, and it's just great to see an Irish artist come back after a relatively uh, long break and just release something so fresh and so cool so we stole another Okay, that's Jape. And you've gone next for Kylie. Yes, Tension, the album. Um, I know, but like, you know, I am a broad church, despite what you think, Matt. Um, it was a hell of a comeback album. Uh, I mean, and she has broken all sorts of records with regard to her age and still being, you know, in the cultural zeitgeist and how difficult it is for somebody in middle age to sort of you know, have a breakthrough moment like this and to inform the, the culture around her. But Padam Padam was like, Utterly the song of the year, you know, certainly the song of the summer. And you would think that it's the best song of the album, but it isn't. Uh, there's other songs like One More Time and Green Light. And of course, the title track itself, which was the follow up single. Um, it sort of came on the back of two disappointing albums. She did a country album back in, I think, 2018, which was just muck. And then Disco was just <sighs> a bit obvious. You know, it was a bit of an obvious album. You know, Disco, well, let's make it, let's make it Disco. And it was a bit there was no standout tracks on it but as soon as you heard Padam Padam you knew it was going to be an absolute smash purely because people were just talking about it word of mouth um, and the album does not disappoint and she has been deeply involved in the recording of it there was a great interview with her in the I think the last but one issue of Rolling Stone UK where she's sort of saying you know I want to get in the weeds and I want to you know be there from the beginning of the songwriting and she does and she's her her um, footprints are all over this album as it, as it should be and she's she's just brilliant we're, we're we're, we're uh, lucky to have her, and I think we're going to play the song. Of the song. Padam, padam. This place is growing up. I think it's time for you to take me out this club. But we don't need to use our words. I want to see what's underneath that t shirt. Shivers and cold champagne. I get the shivers every time you say my name. Thank you. 
Okay, that's a bit of Kylie. And you're also going back a bit in time, Dee, with Blur. Tell us about their new album. Yeah, I mean, this was fantastic back in May when this came out. I think we were all a little bit pleasantly surprised when we discussed it on the week that was. Um, Blur came out with The Ballad of Darren. Um, It's their first album since 2015's The Magic Whip. Uh, The first single that they released from it was, I think, like an immediate classic, The Narcissist. It was like a really bittersweet little track that put me in mind of a lot of their earlier stuff, specifically like 2003's Think Tank, but something that just immediately gelled and and didn't sound really like they were trying to rehash old stuff or go off in a completely new direction and try to, no pun intended, ape gorilla stuff. Like it still sounded very much like Blur. Let's hear it. That's Blur, the narcissist from the Ballad of Darren. Let's take one more before the break from you, John Hosier. Hosier, yeah, and I hated this album when it came out. And it's a prime example of an album just sort of getting under my skin. I don't know, I mean, I know we had played a couple of the singles from it uh, during the evening times here uh, on Today FM. And uh, particularly songs like De Selby Part 2 just sort of got to me. So I gave it another chance and... It sort of just warms its way in and I ended up absolutely loving it. And it's, you know, it is true what they say. Some albums just take time to to reveal themselves. Usually the better ones. Yeah, and it is his finest album. It was, you know, I think about four years and four or five years in the making. Um, but he just does whatever he wants to do and he marches to his own tune and he has the confidence to do it and he has the backing to do it. And I just think it's it's great. Unreal on earth. We're going to take each or young. We've gone through four of each of your top five choices. What's your next one, please, Dee? 
Yeah, my final one, Matt, is um, Alva Reddy and Lissa Fair. So obviously my sister. Um, this was uh, her second album, which came out this year, follow up to Personal History, which came out, unfortunately for her, in the midst of the pandemic. So it was great, you know, on a personal level to see her have the full run of PR opportunities and getting to go out and actually gig the album when it was fresh. But it's also, in my opinion, actually, the the, the best work that she's put out to date. There's some absolutely brilliant um, and really kind of, you know, catchy radio-esque songs on it. But then there's some incredibly personal um, and obviously certainly for me when she's singing about our shared mother and grandmother, um, but I think very, very relatable as well songs uh, throughout the album. And uh, yeah, just obviously going to be a standout for me, but it's the one that I will be listening to for the rest of my life okay. following. The album is Endless Affair. Here's Inhaling. Already, and your last choice of your top five, John, is yeah, my uncle Mick and his two friends Keith and Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether you would put the Rolling Stones in. Well, why wouldn't I? Because is it up to what you would expect of a Rolling Stones album? It's a Rolling Stones album, and a Rolling Stones album has been a Rolling Stones album since uh, 1978 and some girls. Yeah, so is that a recommendation? Yes, it is yeah. because the the one thing we needed this year was somebody to come back with a bang. And Blur did it to a certain extent, but we sort of needed the Stones to come back. They'd had the... the did we? Look, I, I, I know I'm biased because he's my <laughs> uncle, D, but uh, fair, yes, fair, we, yes fair, we did. Fair. I shouldn't speak that way about your family. Yeah, um, we did because they, they had their tough years with Charlie passing away and this album was a long time coming. They kept on being asked about, is there going to be a new Stones album? They sort of drip-fed songs over the last few years. I really liked the last album, A Bigger Bang. I also really liked the album before, Bridges to Babylon. They only released two albums of original material in the last 26 years before Hackney Diamonds. So, God, if they couldn't come up with 10 songs in the space of, like, almost 20 years, 10 good songs, uh, they might as well throw their hat at it. Of course, the Stones would never throw their hat at it. Um, Keith will live forever. But the great thing about Hackney Diamonds is that it's a really good album. It isn't... The Stones aren't dangerous anymore, but they are like putting on a, a comfortable pair well, of slippers. What's the track? We're going to play Angry. <laughs>
Now, if you don't think that's the catchiest song we've played all evening, I will eat my hat. I've no opinion to offer. I actually am going to start offering one, though, and I actually don't have a lot of new music to offer from this year. I was so busy writing Who Really Owns Ireland that I tend to put on plug. behind me, exactly, blatant. Nice. Behind Everyone's me. getting their personal plugs <laughs> in tonight. I like to put on music that I'm familiar with yeah. rather than listening out to new ones. But there was one act that I did like this year that I had, had not come across previously. And I like the have. album Starcatcher. So here's some Greta Von Fleet. Here is Meeting the Master. The lead singer sounds like the guy from Rush and the music sounds like Led Zeppelin. So Matt, when you say this is a new album, like what it is, is, it's a comfortable album for you. No, but at least like the Rolling Stones are great. At least it's not a re-release. Greta Van Fleet just reminds you of what's great. And that's the difference. Ah, no. I enjoy them and I don't care what you think, John. I've actually found the three albums highly enjoyable. And all the same. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I also like this is to wind you up go on a bit of boy genius oh. See, I have nothing against Boy Genius. I just have what, what I have against them is that everybody calls them a supergroup, and we have discussed this before. They're not a supergroup. You couldn't pick Julian Baker or Lucy Dacus out of a lineup. I know who Phoebe Bridgers is. That does not a supergroup make. But well, that's not really their fault. I'm not saying it is what I'm, I'm just saying I'm holding it yeah. against them. The it's, journalistic okay. obsession. It's called Boy Genius, the record, the track we heard there, not strong enough. What we've also put in, and I want to hear what you think is, because they have been something of a cultural phenomenon this year here in Ireland. Let's hear a bit of Lancome. She went upstairs for to make her bed and not one Not really. 
could be the soundtrack for a Coen Brothers movie. No, that sounds like me, Auntie Mary on St. Stephen's Day with the Baileys. That's what that sounds like. And everyone has no, to be quiet while she sings. Oh, it, John. John, God. Like, I think I I have to say, I think Lancome have been one of the the most exciting success stories to see this year. Well, you should hear me, and Auntie like, how, Mary, then. Oh, <laughs> like, the way they've been embraced not just in Ireland but outside of Ireland as well like is pretty incredible like to see kind of Irish trad music once again backed by Cladder Records who have you know wasn't that their first release when they started re-releasing stuff but to see that calibre of traditional Irish music being brought around the world is pretty class now. Okay, I'm going to play one more track. And given that you're a big John Grant fan, John, mm. we thought we'd have John Grant with CMAT. Where are your kids tonight? Yeah, that is very, very good. That's from Crazy Mad for me, the album. Yeah, I love CMAT. Um, and we, you know, we're very aware at Today FM of the popularity of CMAT. We're just waiting for it to come out with a radio single. If she would come out with a radio single, we'd be all over. So we're, you know, we're rooting for her all the time. But she she sort of doesn't, she's, she doesn't really need radio because she's sort of done everything herself and she's Was made she- her own career. Her her Graham Norton performance was probably one of my music moments of mm. the year, to be honest with you. She ate it up. Like and, and that's I think he's meant to be one of the most kind of influential people in oh, yeah. UK music. It's the show. So to like, be that's on. gonna be huge for her. Yeah. So get on the Graham Norton show but can't get on radio. Yeah, uh, right. Okay, we leave it at that. Thank you very much, John Cadell and D Ready for all your contributions throughout the year and tonight in reviewing the best of music. But I still don't think it was a great year. It was not a landmark year, but we'll hope for the best in twenty twenty four. And when we come back in the first week of the new year we look forward to maybe to a lot of the gigs that are coming up. Mm. I might talk about the great New Year's Day tracks as well. Something like that. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty. Today is-